Hello, everybody. Welcome to Arsenal X, the Xbox podcast here on Boss Rush Games. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deering, and alongside me, as always, is the wise Wisconsinite, Mr. Jesse Douglas. How's it going, everyone? Also joining us, Colonel Panic himself, Mr. Joe Mega Construct Wilson. Hi, hi, hi. And last but not least, joining us is the Deep Stone Crypt uh, Master. In, inhabitor resident 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 that's better yes <laughs> josh finney we're doing so good on the nicknames Corey. i know and still going strong went downhill when it got to me of course i know he's the mayor i know <laughs> i you know i really do feel like i've become the mayor of the deep stone grip at this point <laughs> I, i'm more like a tour guy that... really mm-hmm. yeah uh, I, I'm more like the, the the deranged, demented tour guide. I just, Over you know, here. if you're new, please follow me to your do. Please follow me. I'll tell you exactly what to do, where to stand, how to do it. Over here is where you park your pikes when you're done racing them through these orbs. Here, yeah, is you the, drive them into the airlock. Here, you're the real. You're the real one who's who's in charge there, but you let other one other people feel like they're like they are. I mean. <laughs> You're like you're like the guards outside of Pizza Planet. You just you are you. cleared to enter. Yep. Welcome to Pizza Planet. Like, listen, it's always an experience learning a new raid for the first time, but it's always really yeah. satisfying when you like you nail it down in that first run or two, and then you can help other people get things done that they want to do in the raid. You can actually start going after the challenges early on. Mm-hmm. It's really rewarding. I really Some, like it. Something that is. I find, for me personally, this is just me, everyone learns different, we all know that, but whenever I get to do a raid, and I don't like watching the video beforehand, I like almost doing like a blind run or figuring it out, and then I actually know how to do it. This is the first raid that I feel like I actually know how it works now. I All the other ones I know what to do. But this one, it's like I know, like it's like when someone falls down or someone like you know does something, it's like oh, I can jump in and fill that role a little bit now. That's right. the, this is the first raid that I feel like very comfortable in, which is neat. Well, uh, like I talked, about, I, I don't want to have this delve into a deep stone crypt conversation, but we talked about this <laughs> on Tower Casuals this past week, and I said one of the things I really love about the design of this raid is how <clears throat> beginner friendly the approach is despite how hard it was in contest mode once mm-hmm. contest mode got dropped it's actually very accessible for newer raiders and mm-hmm. you're never blocked off from your other people the the most you'll ever be in is in a team the, of three or the basement when i'm by the, myself okay <laughs> if you're joe you get banished to the basement but pretty much everyone else like you're with you're with a solid three people most of the time and if somebody falls you can easily step in and pick up that role like sure it becomes more chaotic as we get as you get to the final boss and things like that but it's i think a just stunning reflection of bungie's level design and encounter design and it it proves why we, we may have these gripes with the game and be like oh my god they're deactivating stuff like so much is broken in this game matchmaking is terrible they're everywhere you step foot into a raid or a dungeon and you're like god damn this is why i keep coming back to this game over and over and over again (laughs) 
unless you're me and you break the you break the level like I did that last time. And, we and did and that prof- I mean, prophecy comes <laughs> back on Tuesday, baby. So, <laughs> hmm. Hmm. still, still can't forget that <laughs> they they spawn me underneath the spawn point, <laughs> underneath the a platform where I couldn't jump anywhere to try to get back up above, <laughs> and I just kept on every time I'd fall and die, they would respawn me back underneath the spawn point. <laughs> I somehow broke it, and those yeah. Corey and his friend just continued on. I'm like, well, I'll just sit here. <laughs> oh yeah, we were running the we were running the Whisper quest, and yeah. Jesse got stuck. It was one of the parts where you're where like it was the jumping puzzle in there. Right- in the yeah. whisper quest. So, yeah. And like the, yeah, there's the one platform that you had to jump off to, to, to get to the other side of like that big area, like that big, just open dark area beneath you. And it spawned me underneath that platform that you, that you jumped yeah. from to get to the other side. It was, and I just, and I, just stu- I was just stuck there. <laughs> It was kind of hilarious. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but anyways, uh, if you want to hear more about Deep Stone Crypt and our destiny journeys, you can check out Tower Casuals every Thursday live right here. Me and Josh and sometimes Colonel Panic and sometimes our friend Nerd Journalist. And, uh, I feel like I need to do uh, do another episode soon. Yeah, uh, we need to do a Deep Stone Crypt deep dive, but I first have to run the raid. So, Well, uh, also, we get... We get more frames and uh, sliders oh, this week. So oh, yeah, by the time right. you're listening to this, guys, we will have 60 frames per second. You'll you'll probably be downloading be this episode and uh, Destiny again. Yeah, if yeah. you are so inclined. Yeah, yeah. I I want to get seventy back gigs. We have to re-download. Yep. Sorry for all you Let people have who it. have data caps. I don't. Yeah, I, mean, I don't either. Fiber. Knock so. on particle board. Uh. We have a few pre-show questions here, guys. Of course, we lead the show off with Greg Osterman the Third. Always, always. He asked a question to us on Saturday on Boss Rush this week too. He asked us about frozen pizzas this week. Uh, oh, yeah. But he said, "Hey, Axe Bros, it's it's better. It's better than Axe Mafia, but we we need something. We need something creative here." Uh, <laughs> he says, "There's a good sandwich and a bad sandwich. What makes a good sandwich? It's time okay, for some sandwich off, casuals, Josh. First off, there's no such thing as a bad sandwich. Okay, if you've had a bad sandwich, you, my friend, messed up somewhere along the way because there's no such thing. You are not eating a sandwich. You are eating a panini. You are eating a hot dog. You are eating a burger. You are not eating a sandwich. Hmm. Number two, put as much." And I mean as much toppings as humanly possible on that sandwich. If you are not straining your mouth to get that whole thing in there, you're not trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's been sandwich casuals. That sentence sounds like it should be on another show. Hmm. Nope. <laughs> just, just stack it up. Only get it on in there. Casuals. Take that all out of context. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Josh is signing up for OnlyFans later. Uh... Uh, who knows maybe it's 2020 man there's a lot of people that would pay to watch you eat a sandwich (laughs) i mean (laughs) that is a thing i guess uh 
just about anything you can get paid for to do online. Look, when I eat a sandwich, I toast the bread. I like a good toast. Okay, I like toast. I lather both pieces of bread with some mayonnaise. Okay, both pieces. Just lather it on there. I like a couple slices of turkey, a couple slices of cheese, one, just one leaf of lettuce, and if I'm feeling dangerous, two thinly sliced tomatoes. And that's it. That's that's my sandwich. That's a good sandwich. See, for um, me, for me, I don't. I'm I'm not a leaf lettuce guy. I like to get the shredded mm. lettuce, like they like they do on like in in Subway and stuff like that. Mm. I just I don't like just because that's like tomatoes too. Like I'm I'm not a fan of tomatoes because like sometimes when you bite into the tomato and it doesn't want to break, and then you like you think you're gonna finish a full bite and then it just pulls everything out of it, and it's like. Uh, I'd just rather just have just have that shredded lettuce in there. But um yeah, for me, like honestly, the thing the only thing I really worry about when it comes to uh, a sandwich is what kind of bread it's being made on. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like for I use me, a good twelve grain twelve yeah, grain it, bread. Well it doesn't matter to me as long as it's a decent bread, that's all that for me that's like, like the main Probably my my main worry as far your, as making the same. What's your decent bread? Go to bread. Like what's, um, your, what's your bread? Like Corey said, like I do, I do tend to prefer a more hearty, like um, you know, like twelve or or fifteen grain. Like if I'm just using regular, like you know, like bread that you know, sandwich bread. But otherwise, I usually go to the store and I I get the the um the big like you know sub kind of buns where you can cut them individually and make your own um that or i go to like some of the sub places that actually make subs that sell like day old bread buy their you know their bread and just you know then make my own at home because you know i just i just like to have like the the either the long bun type thing or just a regular uh like 12 or 15 grain I mean, listen, I'm not picky about what kind of bread goes on my sandwich. But if given the choice, those King's Hawaiian mini sub rolls are pretty choice. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Okay. That is fair. Oh. I have perfected making the Earl of Sandwich Hawaiian barbecue sandwich. What? You've home. perfected it? I've perfected it. Wait. No, hold on. Hold on. It. No, this is mm, this is a new conversation we need to have. Okay. I mm, Look, I said today in a tweet that I am really missing Earl of Sandwich. Actually, it was a tweet about Walt Disney World, but I included Earl of Sandwich in to the tweet. <laughs> How do you do this? The, I need this. I mean, if you don't want to share your your secret to the world on this here live podcast, you can you can DM me later. Chat, listen. What you do is you get yourself a pack King's Hawaiian, six pack sub rolls, cut it open. You get your chicken, you grill it up, dice it up, get it on in there. Get just get it on in there, okay? We'll lather it up in some sweet barbecue sauce while you're at it. Like what kind sweet, of barbecue? The sweetest you can find. The sweetest you can find, and, and this is gonna surprise nobody. King's Hawaiian makes barbecue sauce, at least in Texas they do, and it has actual chunks of pineapple in it. If you're feeling dangerous, you can get spicy. I like the spicy kind. 
get the spicy kind, you, you marinate your chicken in it after it's cooked, you dice up your ham, chop it up, whatever, whatever floats your boat, get it in there, you spread it on all across that sandwich, and you dice up some pineapple, you get it on there, smack it closed. If you got a panini press, get it on in there. And my friends, you are good to go. You are eating heaven in a bun. Let the sweet nectar of the gods flow down your chin as you bite into that sandwich. <laughs> Let me tell you that I used to make everything a sandwich as like, I would say a kid, but probably through my 20s. Yesterday. I would turn everything into a sandwich. And I remember at like my peak sandwich making era i would and i shit you not take a slice of garlic bread put spaghetti on it and then top it with another slice of garlic bread i've done that i've done that i mean Who why wouldn't it? This house it? <laughs> to be fair good. i mean it just yeah. removes the dipping part of the garlic bread you're literally I just mean, skipping a step delicious. and there is a meatball sandwich so like Listen, the only thing that meatball, meatball sandwich bar. is missing okay is... <laughs> But I will even take like since I'm a vegetarian, I'll take like those uh, those uh, buffalo fake wings and line yeah. those up on bread, <laughs> and then like top it with shit and then eat it. I buffalo wings go on pizza, like and they go on sandwiches. That's Blue insane. cheese and lettuce on it, and on a sandwich, and you got you got yourself you're, a sandwich. You're, you're talking about nectar of the gods, and I'm like, I take all the leftovers of my fridge and put them between two slices of bread. And <laughs> hey, there, there are many different gods, my friend, okay? I'm not you sure did. I subscribe to your nectar of the gods. You did say there is no such thing as a bad sandwich. You did say that, too. <laughs> listen, hey, listen, listen. I've, I've, done, I've done the spaghetti flatbread. I, I, I have done the mozzarella crunch. I've been there, my friends. I've done it all. I maintain I guess, not I, a bad sandwich. Personally, if I were to choose my ideal sandwich, it's always a breakfast sandwich. I love. Oh, of course, of course. There's, yeah. there's a uh, there's a place near me called Square Cafe, but they will do this. Uh, ah, cripes! If I could remember what kind of bread that they use it would probably help out but it's it's delicious it's nice and like it's toasty on the outside but really kind of soft on the inside so you're not getting a lot of pull when you're pulling it apart and mm -hmm. i do egg feta and uh like some vegetarian sausage on it and it is just delicious it's it's my anytime we go out to get breakfast which we haven't for fuck almost a year now uh i was gonna say for three days well, no, it's, it's I, I make I make sandwiches. I still make a breakfast sandwich at home, but it's it's, it's not even though I think it's it's it not slabs differently. It's and I don't think it's the same because it's it's not as good. I think my breakfast sandwich is good. I think it's because the best breakfast sandwich is when it's made for you and not by you. Because yeah. I don't want to. I don't like the dishes. And to make a good breakfast, you need like ninety pans. It's just well, such and... a clean. And I mean, let's be honest, you know, like places that make sandwiches or make burgers, they, they've they literally perfected it over how many years to, to the point of where it's as easy to, to put together as possible. And so, like, you know, like if you're not one of those people who's figured out how to perfect it, it's just not going to turn out the same. Like I, I, 
and I'm I love I love just like even having an egg on a burger like the royal the royal red robin by far is probably one of my favorite burgers of all time <clears throat> but I usually have them put those onion crisp things on like the onion curls or tangles or whatever they're called I have them put those on there instead of a tomato and good help your option <laughs> yep yep <sighs> but yeah I'm hungry I know. Greg, did that answer your question? <laughs> I hope it did, because if it didn't, I don't know. Sam Hall writes and he says, how are you guys going to discuss game of the year? Are you even going to do one? I don't know. I didn't play enough yeah. games this, that came out this year to even like really care, to be honest with you. Yeah, this is a rough year. Just I, like Especially for me, is just trying to save money to get the, the new console and you know, and like I, now, now that you know, I finally did get the console. Now it's too er- close to Christmas for me to start spending money on myself. You know, <laughs> like when I gotta start, but you know, like worrying about buying stuff for Christmas and things what's like the, that. What's the cutoff for game of the year? Because like Cyberpunk here comes out in December four days. December thirty first. Yeah, we usually. But like, I feel like we, that's not like. December 31st. I have headphones on. I heard you. <laughs> I just I just wonder like when's the deadline then for choosing game of the year? Because like are we gonna spend 20 days with Cyberpunk and be like, yep, that's it. I mean, like, I honestly think that would probably be my pick just because it's one of the most prolific games that I'm going to play, and I haven't played it yet, so that's me making an assumption. I think but, Last year we did it. The, we did the episode in the beginning of next year, I think. Last time that we did game of the year, Th- that had been different, I think, than the previous year. But I think I think we've kind of you know done it quite a bit differently. Yeah, ours think... is definitely much more laid back and. Yeah, I don't even you know, think we it's... did like a a boss or whatever game of the year last year. I think we just did like. Here's the five games we enjoyed the most this year. Yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, honestly, ours is more of a celebration of the games that came out in a year more than a game of the year. <laughs> I don't know. Honest. We should we should ask Jeff Keeley uh, what Hideo Kojima's game of the year is, and then we'll just you know crown that game of the year. So, uh, but yeah, I don't know. We'll. We'll talk about it. I don't even know if we're going to do a game of the year. Honestly, I don't even really care to do one this year. Uh, I feel yeah, like. I mean, even if we do I, just I kind mean, of. I've do got a lot all. to say. So. I mean, we can, we, well, can, we can talk about it in the next week or two if we like when, like how we're going to do it then. You know, like. Mm-hmm. I've, it's, I, it's weird because there's some years that are like 2017, be like Breath of the Wild. It was It's like an easy decision. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah. I mean, and last year and this year is like, like muddy. Yeah, I mean, so. I could I couldn't this tell you what games came out this year. Like, I mean, I'll I, be, I'm still really excited for Cyberpunk. It's my most anticipated, like mm-hmm. you know, probably since Breath of the Wild, frankly. But I also look at it and it's like, uh, well, I did play The Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima this year, and those were both really. I know this is an Xbox show, but. God damn, those were really good games. Last of yeah. Us is so, an excellent game. Yeah. Like, but also, like, I, two, can, I also understand why someone would, play, someone would play Last of Us and be like, I don't like feeling depressed the whole time. Yeah. I mean, that's no, why I, mean, I stopped it, it took, playing. 
it took me a while to come around to like even watch streams of the game because it's like so, I'm depressed enough this year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, so that's that's the first. Let, let me play Cyberpunk and Assassin's Creed first. <laughs> yeah, but I, uh, I honestly and Man I Eater. Just say, Man Eater say for if, game of the year. Yeah. I just say honestly, we just do like like I said, like just kind of what we've almost kind of been doing is just more of a celebration of like talking about all the great things that we played over the year or whatever. You know yeah. what I would like to do, and I don't know if you can I don't know if you can parse the data for just a year. But I would like to know what like you're like we could each pick a game of the year and then look at the data to be like what game have I actually played the most and what game have have I actually completed the most of? Mm-hmm. We see, usually like, to, like call your bullshit. <laughs> well, and we 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 usually will include too like where we we have a thing where we would pick a game that's uh like a game that's continued like you know like Destiny or something where yes it's best not a ongoing new game. game. Yeah, best ongoing game, you know, so like Destiny or, you know, like I've picked Rainbow Six Siege, you know, a couple of times in the past because they, you know, have just kept on adding, you know, great content to that game as well. And, you know, so stuff collection that has expanded (laughs) exponentially in the features and what they offer, which is insane. Not making it appealing if you don't like Halo at all, but. And now, obviously, most people would probably pick GTA 5 online or something dumb. Or, or, well, not dumb, but I mean, like, something like that. But none of us, you know, like, have really in the past been in, into that. So, but I'm, you know, I like, that obviously would be a contender. And, you know, if you were looking at actual, like, doing game of the year, like, like type authentic stuff. But, yeah, yeah we we usually just end up kind of talking about what what we've kind of what our favorite games of the year were and you know in the past we did do the one time where we each picked five and then we you know like the number one got five points number four or two got four points you know and so on and then at the end whatever one had the most points yeah you know like one one game of the year or something like that we did one time but (laughs) I remember one time, like, we all had, like, the year Final Fantasy fifteen came out on the old show I was on, and we did it that way, and we all had we all had Final Fantasy fifteen on the list somewhere, but it was, yeah. like, it was nowhere near, like, number one, but just the way the math worked out, Final Fantasy fifteen won Game of the Year because of the math. It's funny. Mm-hmm. And we all hated ourselves for it. Yeah. Uh I mean, a lot of people probably that year would have said that it was a great game, but I mean, I like I, I liked mean, Final Fantasy fifteen a lot, but yeah, uh, you know, so uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll talk about it. I still have two major games on on my list that I still want to play uh, and mm-hmm. at least get most of the way through before I make that decision. It's Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and uh, apparently, Immortals: Phoenix Rising is like secretly yeah. the best game of the year too. So uh, heard a lot about it. Yeah, yeah. I've. I've been on the the fence about that game since it kind of got released. Like a lot of it in the beginning made it seem like it wasn't going to be great, but then as you're reading more stuff, it's like, well, it could be, it could be good now. But yeah, now people are just like can't stop talking about it. So yeah, so 
So I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about it on the side, and then we'll we'll figure it out. We'll have a we'll have the answer for you the next time. But this is Arsenal X, the Xbox podcast, where we do talk about Xbox most of the time, guys. Most of the time, mm-hmm. each and every Sunday night, live on twitch.tv slash games live, we discuss the world of Xbox with our friends from around the internet. If you can't join us live, you can head on over to youtube.com slash games and podcast services every Tuesday morning to check out the show. Leave us a review on iTunes and rate us, rate and subscribe to Arsenal X wherever you are listening. It really helps us out. You can catch the Boss Rush Games family of shows on bossrushgames.com. Uh, we're going to get in some of this news. Uh, not a lot, but uh, we're going to start out with the Bioware veterans Mark Adara and Casey Hudson are leaving Bioware. Uh, what does that mean for Mass Effect, Dragon Age, and Anthem next? Uh, I don't know. This uh, this kind of set the world on fire this week. I don't really know why it would make sense that Two of the company's most successful people would leave when the company is kind of spiraling out of control to go try something new. So I agree. I think that there's not like think about what they've put out recently. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I doubt they're happy or proud of the work they've been doing, and I don't think they're probably doing what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I, there's mm-hmm. probably there's too many people, too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a lot of these companies anymore, and mm-hmm. I think they need to either find a way to branch out and like create a smaller space for them to be more in control, uh, or they need to leave. Look at all the t- times that you let the creative people kind of loose to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Bungie separating from Activision was a good thing for Destiny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Look at how intimate the Mandalorian is in the Star Wars universe. That's just convoluted, and now like, that's, the Mandalorian is probably arguably one of the best things to come out of Star Wars since the original trilogy anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe aside from some of the cartoons and stuff that they've output, like the Clone Wars. But like, mm-hmm. it people need to be like the people that are good at making those creative decisions need to be in more of a position of control that are directly affecting the creative endeavor that they're involved in mm-hmm. them leaving makes sense I, I don't think they're i i can't imagine them feeling fulfilled the past couple of years well and and not to mention a lot of that what bioware is right now isn't the bioware that they you know had been in 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 mm-hmm. the past and so i you know like there's probably not really much of that that sense of like family and stuff there as much as there maybe was in the past and so it's just much easier for them to just kind of piece out, you know, and, and, um, but yeah, like, you know, and like the speaking of like, you know, freedom and stuff and, you know, that's what Microsoft has really been trying to, you know, get across about, you know, the, the people that they're acquiring or, you know, like their studios like that just kind of letting people do what they do. And just having faith in in their you know their creativity, and yeah, and too many of these companies like EA and stuff, they they want to focus on on and like put all their eggs into one basket, and you know and just expect these sports games to get all this money, and expect all these things, but 
you know, those things we've seen multiple times in the past, those things get stale. And if you don't do something new or you don't do something different, you're going to just be, you know, uh, a product of the past and people aren't going to care about you anymore. You know, like it's just, it's just, uh, it's like, it's like today, uh, you know, like I was talking with my sister about the, the game stops closing. Now in my, where I live, there's four stores, okay? Four. Five-minute drive to each one of them from where I live right now. Why do you need four stores? You don't need four stores. You have two, make two big ones, you know, or or whatever, you know. So, like, a lot of the times these people that own these things, they they don't, like, just listen to the people who know what they're doing. Like, just listen, like... You've got to, at some point, GameStop had to have known when Netflix started going digital that 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 wasn't going to be the only thing that went digital. I mean, music was before it, you know, like, I I mean, the the natural progression is things are going to go digital. So you've got to try to make those changes as soon as you can and not wait until now, you know, so so they need to start letting these people do stuff actually come up with new things new ideas all that kind of stuff do it change that now because if you keep on waiting you're you're seeing what's happening right now like the things are just falling apart mm-hmm. you know like um they they picked up respawn at ea and respawn has brought a whole you know a bunch of new interesting things you know to their to them and they're doing really well because it's something new and it's, you know, and it's good. And the time's being put in, you know, and, but, you know, Battlefield, all these things are just getting stale and there. It doesn't seem like they're even trying to think of a way to improve mm-hmm. or make them better or make them newer or, you know, like it just, it's just like they don't care. Yeah, it, it it's really hard <laughs> to I, to to have a positive view about the stuff they do. I also wonder how much of like, uh, uh, I wonder how much of the return of Casey Hudson was in his contract. Like, hey, if you sign on for three or four years, because he he came he left before and came back. He left to go to Microsoft mm-hmm. to work on some alternate reality projects, I think, and then. He came back to Bioware to get Anthem out the door and Mass Effect Andromeda out the door. I wonder how much of that was in his contract. It was like, hey, if you stick it out this long, you get a bonus. And, uh, you know, once your bonus, you get your bonus, you can, you know, walk or whatever. Um, you know, I, I wonder how much of that was that, too. I, I think I think uh, Mark Dara's departure is going to be felt more than Casey Hudson's departure, really. Yeah, maybe maybe um, they thought by now they would have re- Anthem re- redone already, and that this was the the amount of time that they gave them, you know, yeah, to try to finish, maybe. you know, like have a contract with them or something. Maybe. So I've I've got two reads on this, and it's less about Casey and Mark leaving, and more of the problems of Bioware in general because they've been going on for a long time, dating back to Mass Effect Three, mm-hmm. and. The fact that the head of the Austin studio and the guy who's basically directing Anthem next is the one who's being promoted to oversee all of Dragon Age 4 is an interesting choice. Um, 
to me, it shows one of two things. Either they have an insane amount of faith that Anthem Next is actually going to be good, or this is a Hail Mary throw. Because the Austin studio primarily has been, again, working on the Anthem reboot and has done The Old Republic. Mm-hmm. Those are two radically different games from Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. And I think we are realistically... I don't want to be that person, but I'm going to be that person. After Andromeda, after what we saw with um, Anthem, Old Republic is, I mean, it's just kind of chugging along. It's just, it's its own thing over there. Like, is it I'm still surprised going? expanding the Austin studio. It's still going 10 years this year. That's or next crazy. Year, I guess. That's crazy. It's bizarre. Um, I think realistically, if Mass Effect and or Dragon Age is not good, again, you may be looking at the final days of Bioware. Uh, The Bioware that we knew and loved from the OG Xbox days and from the 360 days is gone. It it, it is dead. And I I don't don't say that in a bad way. We have still gotten out of this new Bioware. We still did get, we, we got Mass Effect 3, which... I maintain it's still a good game. From everything I saw, it's a good game. Inquisition is a great game. Like, they have done good things, mm-hmm. but it's not that streak they had of Neverwinter Nights, Guidestill Republic 1, Jade Empire, Mass Effect 1, Mass Effect 2, a Dragon Age 1, Dragon Age 2. It's not that Bioware anymore, and that's okay. Studios need to grow and evolve. Bungie evolved. Well, I'm going to go back to the Bungie comparison for a second. It evolved mm-hmm. from being a studio that was a. They made a marathon. They did marathon. They did Oni. They did Halo, and then they did Destiny. And each of those games is built on each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's okay for a company like Bioware. But compare that with a studio like Respawn, where. They have a clear sense of direction under Vince Sampella. They know what kind of company they want to be, but they've also mm-hmm. been able to get out of that first-person shooter genre. Even though they, they did something truly unique with Titanfall and with Apex mm-hmm. Legends, they were able to bring a new spin to Battle Royale with Apex, and they were able to do an incredible third-person action game and in they, Jedi Fallen Order. And they built the team for Jedi Fallen Order in a way where like that that was a direction where they're like okay well we have the combat designer from god of war we have the you know they put all these pieces together to make that type of game you know Mm -hmm. right and i mean bioware used to be one of the destinations for if you want to be working on the best rpg team in the business you're going there like back in 2005 ish you're going there or you're going the lion head. Like those are the two, those are the two Western RPG studios you're going to like Bethesda was gaining a lot of traction too, with the console crowd at that point with oblivion. Like mm-hmm. you were going to one of those places. And nowadays I feel like, uh, well, Lionhead's gone. Bioware's going downhill. I guess Bethesda's still attracting people because they've got a billion studios, but I, I think we're really seeing to this resurgence of western rpgs legacy companies like bioware are trying to figure out what their future is where they stand at they tried something new with anthem and i'll I'll never fault a company for trying something new Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. an interesting concept that just simply didn't work this goes back to the games as a service argument that we had the fact that it's we are approaching two years of this game being completely broken and we still haven't seen Anthem next. I personally don't care about this anymore. I don't know a single person who is still excited for this reboot because it's been two full years. Mm-hmm. That game was five bucks within six months of launch. Mm-hmm. Like, 
No one cares about this. It's not going to have a Destiny 2-style resurgence. And it, I mean, if it somehow turns out to be decent or even playable, that opens up a whole nother conversation about how much leeway are we supposed to give these developers. Like, if your game needs to be delayed two years to be your real vision, maybe it should never have come out. And I, mm -hmm. I think that's the point we've gotten to with Bioware over the last eight years, really over the entire PS4, Xbox One generation is should these games have even been released in the state that they're in? And the answer is a resounding no. There's, there's much more going on there than just EA's meddling. Um, I mean, the fact you'd bring Casey Hudson back to fix your studio, like Casey, I don't know if Casey really wanted to come back. He probably came back because, and this is pure speculation and conjecture on my part, is he came back because it Bioware is his baby. Mm -hmm. Like, why mm -hmm. would you want to come back? Like, you were, you were handed creative director, but then at the same time, you have to take the flack for Anthem. Mm -hmm. And that's not something anybody wants to deal with. I'm excited to see where him and Mark go after this. because You think they'll end up together? The of Anthem, I don't think. Maybe. Um, that partnership feels really similar to, uh, to draw another parallel with, Res with Respawn. It feels very similar to Vince Sampella and Jason West mm -hmm. uh, in the midst of leaving, uh, well, being fired from Activision after Modern Warfare 2. It feels really similar to that in a lot of ways to me. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, they they make it pretty clear in their posts, like, hey, you know, we resigned, we left, this and that. Um, I think Casey's was much more voluntary. I have a feeling, because Mark, to my knowledge, Mark has never left Bioware before. Mm -hmm. No, um, he hasn't. I feel, like, I feel like Mark was probably asked to leave at that point. <laughs> he was there for all of these missteps. Uh, and at a certain point, the price comes due. Mm-hmm. Um, and as much as I hate to say that about some of my favorite creatives, there's a limit. Like it, at any profession, there is a limit to how many missteps you can have before mm -hmm. your time comes. And I feel like that just may have been it for the old guard at Bioware. Like I'm still excited for Dragon Age 4. I'm still excited for Mass Effect Legendary Collection and for whatever comes next in that universe. But we have to all understand it's not going to be the same as it was before. And that's okay. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. my long-winded spiel is done yeah anyone else got anything else to say about that before we move on no I just I had a twinge that made me fearful that somehow the Mass Effect remaster is going to get fucked up like they're going to like tinker with something Yeah, like, th like they're going to fix something that they shouldn't fix mm -hmm. or and then oh man can you imagine waiting this long for a remaster and it suck like I, I think people are going to be really surprised at how much like they really don't like Mass Effect One. There, yeah. I've already seen a lot of people going, no, like uh, let me rephrase that. Like we already Mass Effect One is the weakest of the trilogy. Okay, mm -hmm. but I've seen a lot of people go like, oh my god, like I hope they're going to completely overhaul it. They're going to make it better. Like they're going to give they're two not. and three's combat. Like no, they're not. They're I not. promise you, they're not. You're going to have a whole lot of upset nerds in spring 2021. Dude, that would have. They would have to do like a Mafia trilogy style remake to Mass Effect One, and then you and, know and update I'm sorry, two and three. Bioware doesn't care enough to do that. Anymore. No, like EA doesn't care enough to do fun that. Yeah, year. it would have to be a Resident Evil Two style remake. Yeah, but I I love Mass Effect One. Like I, I know, love I, the story. I have a lot of nostalgia for it. I'm just saying, like compared to two and three, like I still uh, like it. I love Mass Effect's Mass Effect One story and characters and yeah. that character development. I prefer playing two and three. The combat in two and three is better. That, that's what I'm getting. At. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, it, it makes sense because Mass Effect is clearly more of a RPG style game, whereas <laughs> two and three are, are clearly uh, third person action the, games. Uh, the <laughs> yeah. music when you're when you have to scan the planets and you're like you're looking at your map. Yeah, that that song. My wife. When I hear that, she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm playing this game. But I'll be in that menu for like 30 minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, That's like the most nostalgic part about I have is Mass Effect. Is getting yelled at being like, what is that music that keeps playing? I'm like, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, though, it did work for Demon Souls like that. From what I understand, that game is basically the same. And, you know, lacking all the, the new improvements that, that the newer ones have brought, but people yeah, but still I feel love like, it. I feel like Demon Souls and the Souls genre as a, as a whole, people, like, I feel like people are, the fans of those games know what Demon Souls is and know what to expect, whereas, like, I feel like Mass Effect appeals yeah. to a lot more people than, the De- than Demon Souls and Dark Souls. And yeah, a lot more true. people Where played Mass Effect than Demon Souls. So. I mean, I, so it's not, it's not more, it's more much a lot more people mean, definitely much played, of a cult following. Yeah, a lot more people definitely played Mass Effect One than than Demon Souls, but Demon yeah. Souls on PS5 is doing bonkers numbers. Yeah, like yeah. that. I can't wait to see the NPD numbers next week on that game because mm-hmm. now you have the full strength of the the Dark Souls trilogy and Bloodborne behind it. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. at Blue Blue Point. Let's be honest. Outside of Capcom's Resident Evil team and the Final Fantasy VII remake team, Bluepoint may be the best team to remaster something in the industry right now. Mm. I would love to see Bluepoint tackle Mass Effect One. I'd love to see what them or like what hypothetically one of these other teams, if that kind of love and dedication was put into remastering that game. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen though. That would require EA and Bioware to admit that something was wrong in the first place. And to spend the money to put that out and not just do a quick rescan or say, oh, look, it's the legendary collection. Like, yeah, we're going to sell this for 60 bucks. Like I would I would pay 60 bucks for a full on remaster of Mass Effect one done from the ground up Resident Evil 2 style or Final mm-hmm. Fantasy mm-hmm. remake style. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen, though. That's what I want. That's what I want to happen to Dead. And I do wonder if those rights may be a little convoluted because Microsoft did technically publish the first game. Yeah, I do wonder yeah. how much they have in say over anything that touches the first game. But well, that, they did. Anymore. Now I'm really done. Microsoft did, or they did. Pu- EA did publish the game on PlayStation Three when it came to the trilogy. Right. Yeah. So. As right. a trilogy, I don't think you could buy Mass Effect One you, independently. You, you have to buy it as the full trilogy. Whereas on Xbox, you can still buy it. You can buy it digitally on PlayStation Three for fifteen bucks. The first game, just only. the first one. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I mean, I don't I know why. I, I guess like if you bought two and three on PlayStation three you would want to play the first i i don't know but they did sell it separately for 15 bucks um so all right we're gonna move on here joe this one's for you Mm -hmm. hope you're excited (laughs) i hope you have your uh mega construct sword ready i do Mm. (laughs) halo actor says halo infinite is coming in the spring how do you feel about that one let me say that that's not just a Halo actor. That was Steve Downs, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, it was. Uh, which is Master Chief. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's fine. I think that's kind of in line with all the other things that we've been hearing. Um, I'm fine with it. Like, I think that's a great time for Mass, like, or for Halo to come out. And it's funny because I'm kind of glad it didn't come out 
at launch, as much as that would have helped the launch of the Xbox and created a lot more buzz, but, like, I've enjoyed seeing kind of the slow burn of the Halo stuff that's been coming out, like, of, like, the the supplemental stuff, like the toys and the, the <laughs> Butterfinger shit. And, the monster uh, cans. Uh, all the other yeah. stuff, like, the monster energy drink, which I have a case right here. Uh, <laughs> did you save I, your receipt? I needed, I needed, I did. I, oh, I've been uploading it. I have, I don't know how much XP I have, but it's a lot. Uh, <laughs> I, I've enjoyed like being able to play Destiny on my Xbox and actually focus on Destiny. And then when Cyberpunk comes out, I'm going to be able to play Cyberpunk. I've been playing a, a lot actually this past week of the, we'll get into this, but like the Master Chief Collection and its new frame rate. Like, I've been able to spend more time doing that. And if Halo would have came out, I legitimately probably would have had to neglect everything else or choose between Halo and Cyberpunk, which I don't I don't know which way. I'm so excited about Halo, but at the same time, like I've been waiting for Cyberpunk, I feel like longer than Halo Infinite. Um so I'm I think that makes sense. I'm fine with it. I don't know if that's true or not, but I would wager that it's probably round about that time frame. Yeah, the next like that's... the next four or five months. Mm-hmm. And that's what we kind of were saying, didn't we? Didn't you guys say April or something like that? I've had the third week of April pegged for a while. Yeah. yeah. It's a great time. Yeah. Yep. I, I think they want a time that is... And I, sus- I do suspect that we're getting an update here in the next week or two. 343 has said we will get an update on Halo before Christmas. But they will not be at the Game Awards, so good. We're setting some expectations. Yep. There was a new trail. There was a teaser release today uh, for Xbox with a lot of Master Chief in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of wonder, and it says like all will be revealed tomorrow, apparently. So I kind of wonder if we're gonna get anything. This is the week to do it. I think mm-hmm. and it's this week. Get it out there before Cyberpunk dominates everything for the rest of the year. Yeah, you yeah, are not losing right that cycle when Cyberpunk comes out. You are yes. not going to go through it. Yeah, no. yeah. Just, right get, now get any everything. news, any news about a multiplayer beta. Get it out there now. Release any sort of information. I, honestly, like you, you want it, this will never happen. But my dream scenario would be announce a multiplayer beta for the week of Christmas, for the twenty fifth through like January third. Do another one over like Valentine's through President's Day or something, and then have one final one the two three weeks before a launch. Like do something like that. Do a do a smooth rollout because we've said it so many times on this show. They gotta nail it with Infinite. Mm-hmm. Like not just three four three, but Microsoft in general really really needs Halo Infinite to be the best one since three. Frankly, mm-hmm. they really need it. Yeah, they mm-hmm. they don't they haven't had like that killer title yet on X and S. And as much as I'm loving playing the older games on my X, like Master Chief Collection looks beautiful. Gears 5 runs phenomenally. I just played through that game over the last week. Like Gears Tactics looks great. I This is really the first time where I'm like, okay, I'm okay with playing my old games and my existing stuff. They play and run the way they should have. But you really need that system seller. I really w- I want the game that's going to cause all my friends to go, oh my god, okay, that's it. I'm buying one. I'm upgrading. Not just, eh, I'll get one when I feel like it. Like, no, I want them to go, okay, I got to get it because I got to have the most optimal version of the new game yeah. of this mm-hmm. new title. I got to have it. What better time to do that than with the 20th anniversary of Halo next year? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I uh, I really hope they have a Bring out the mega constructs, boys. 
trying. Yeah, when are they gonna just <laughs> make it? When, when are they gonna just make it where you can get you can uh, make the Xbox Series X a model of it with the, with the Mega constructs? <laughs> that that would be really cool though. By the way, if you like, <laughs> would <laughs> could do it. Uh, I do have to say. They there's some screenshots in this article of Master Chief and like the Master Chief character model looks phenomenal. It, it, the new version of it, which I would say is like a best of Master Chief armor, mm-hmm. but like it it's very clearly heavily inspired by two and three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I think it it's it looks without knowing anything about the story or whether or not I'm gonna like the grapple shot or any of that other stuff like. I, I it's my favorite armor. It is like it's like a little bit more detailed than two and three, but it also has kind of like the like a clean lions aesthetic to it. I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Now they just have to work on this pilot guy because his his face was it's it looks like early his, 360. His toy looks real bad. Yeah. Do you have it? Do you want to no, show I it? Don't have it? I'm I've been told that I'm not allowed to buy any more Halo toys until after Christmas, which I I legitimately would be okay for Christmas. I just got one box, and in it was every Halo toy that I didn't have that's been, like that's currently out, that's within reason, <laughs> easily accessible. He wants the Series 1 McFarlane toys from, like, 2002. Oh, I got Joyride ones, man. I have OG Halo. Joyride! There is wow. a name I have not heard in a long time. Wow. <laughs> Uh, I got I got those hanging out. Wow. Okay. Uh, our last story here. It's about Fortnite, but uh, they've got some pretty interesting things coming up in Fortnite. Which I saw a tweet today. It was either it was one of you guys or maybe it was it was it was somebody said that they would spend thousands of dollars in Fortnite to see these skins without ever playing the game. And, uh, uh, that was Megan. Oh, was it? Uh, yeah. Yep. It was like, hmm. Yeah, you're right. I would I would love love to see all these skins but i'm not spending the money in Fortnite to do it but they all look cool we're getting the mandalorian and kratos and rumored master chief and somebody somehow samus was trending in Fortnite or on twitter for Fortnite at some point yeah because the i the idea is with the with the game they um they took out um the uh what's his name from from x-men or whatever the bad guy i i'm blanking on it galactus? but they galactus? But, yeah galactus and then at the end of it the beginning of this season <coughs> they oh. had the the fortnite guy got a call and they said that he needs to to find all the the hunt the best hunters of any galaxy he can find and so he jumps through a rift on his way to all the different uh, universes of, of the world, of our world, to try to find the best hunters. And so right away I was like, okay, well, I know Mandalorian will probably be one of them. And, you know, sure enough he was. But, but yeah, like the idea is, is you've got Master Chief, you've got Samus, you've got, you know, like Kratos which Kratos and, you know, and Mandalorian are already available in the game. Like today, they've been now uh, since last week or whatever, but, or since the, the end of this week, I should say. 
but yeah, so so that's the idea, and that's why basically like people are just going crazy with ideas of like all these famous hunters of games of you name it, you know, could easily be in, you know, whoever wants to uh, to make deals. So let me uh, so it, let me ask you. So I've never played Fortnite. I did in anticipation that I saw Master Chief might be out, and I downloaded it. Uh, well, yeah. What is what is Fortnite? <laughs> like, like you, what is it? No, I mean, like you're talking. Like, is there a story to it? Okay, yeah. So, so like ten seconds. So each brief. Josh each, is shaking his head. Got ten okay, seconds each, on the clock. Each each season has has like a theme, basically. That's part of a story. That's continuous. Every season has got something different going on, and then and then inside the game. You've got different kinds of like story, almost story driven, like options of things that you can do to try to like get XP to upgrade like certain things. But that those kind of things change with each season. But and it primarily is the world. Battle does. Royale. Like it's just, yeah, a- it's the, yeah, that's what it is. But there's actual, like, there's more, it's more than just like, honestly, when I play it, I don't play it to win. I play it to try to, do the the goals the things to try to get you know the the upgrade you know my battle pass or you know get unlocks or whatever like i don't i don't care in that game about winning which is diff is different from any other like you know game like that that i play as as far as being competition like i don't really care about whether i win or not i just want to just you know do the the fun missions and all that stuff in that game. So like if you look at that game that way as more of like trying to challenge yourself, I think it's it's a much <laughs> much more acceptable and fun game if you do it that way, in my opinion. Like all these people that go on and just talk about how they win today or do this and do that. It's like, yeah, like I can do that too, but What's actually more difficult is some of these objectives. <laughs> so. Yeah, Fortnite is uh, it's tough. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not very good at it. If if they add Master Chief, now how much? Like, uh, Josh, <laughs> let me tell you, were, you the, the Captain America much, set was twenty five bucks. The entire twenty five, and the Batman set I think was twenty five or thirty bucks. So Master the, uh, the great, like twenty five. So the Kratos bucks. set. Uh, I, I was tweeting about this this morning. only a couple of bucks. I, I downloaded Kratos, or not Kratos, I downloaded Fortnite the other night, and I went into the item shop just for kicks and giggles. Uh-huh. Uh, before I even got to the item shop, I was given three or four separate pop-ups of buy the battle pass, buy the battle pass, buy the battle pass, which is already off-putting to me. I don't like it when games do that to me. Yeah. And then I open up the item shop, I get hit with that again. And I start scrolling down. The Kratos pack is on sale right now for twenty two hundred V bucks. Normally, it is thirty three. And what? Uh, the the what's the conversion rate for V bucks? Uh, I dollars? believe that's thirty dollars. I th- no, I think eight hundred V bucks is ten bucks. I think. I'm not sure. I know it's not one to one. I know it's not like a hundred V bucks is a dollar. I'm looking looking right now. A thousand V bucks is ten dollars. Oh well, there you go. Uh, Seven ninety nine. 
And if I were to buy the battle pass, we don't have to talk about this on stream. Maybe I'm if just, you I'm have just, the I'm, battle I'm pass, I'm just gonna look it up. I mean, because okay. yeah, I, I you only paid seven dollars. That's Wait, a lot for a character pass? skin. Seven bucks. It's oh. like it's, it's well, there, or whatever the V like. There's or, three different battle passes, or there's like there's like the ten, the $10 tier, which is like the base battle pass. Then there's the $25 one, which unlocks the first 25 levels for you. And then there's the new monthly subscription battle pass, which is like what? 12 bucks. I think they said a month yeah. and you get like a thousand yeah, bucks and like a bunch yeah. of exclusive skins and stuff and a battle. Yeah, pass. Every month. Yeah. Every month you get a thousand V bucks. Yeah. Gross. So, but much. yeah, no, the their their <laughs> battle pass isn't that expensive at all. I've, it, it, it's, I've it's, not, it's not the battle pass that I have. And a you can get with. the points you get money back. for your money in that. Don't get me wrong. I have a problem with the individual characters that are not a part of that, aka Kratos for twenty two hundred, <laughs> and that's somehow considered a sale. Mm-hmm. That's where I've got the problem with. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just want to play as Master Chief in a game like that's At new that and point, different. At that I would rather use if, if Master Chief. I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't be on par with that kind of pricing. I would rather save that money, no, dude. I would rather save that money, and I'd rather I don't know buy some rec packs in Infinite or buy you some. You know Silver how long it's been since I've played Master Chief in something new. I'm gonna play him in Fortnite if I can. Joe is what they're directly targeting here, people. <laughs> they are. Joe is one of those people. There I am I'm holding out really hard. Master Chief Dinjarin and Kratos stall in this game, and I'm staying strong right now. But uh, it's real hard after season of the Marvel. I, I, I would say like, yeah, if they get me in for Chief, there's like a high likelihood that I would get Mandalorian and Kratos. Well, well you have to, the, the Mandalorian, Mandalorian. You have to complete the battle pass. Season pass. You have battle to battle pass. You just gotta get it. So I mean, hypothetically, if you're looking at how many, how much V bucks is this all gonna cost? You're looking at paying for the Mandalorian. 40, it's 40, 45-ish for all three of those things. I can't do that. Josh, I, can't do I, that for Josh, I spent $150 on little pieces of plastic that I put together. <laughs> I, I would rather have that. And then just look at. It. Well, yeah, but you're just that. looking at it. You can actually control How it. How is this. it affecting my experience in the game, though, for that much money? Because like, I wouldn't be playing. Come to my house and console <laughs> me when I lose. I don't know. <laughs> Wow. We'll see. All I'm going to say is... I didn't know Fortnite was going to get this exciting on this podcast. All I hear about (laughs) is how expensive... Oh, Beyond Light and Shadowkeep are so expensive at $35. Bitch, you're willing to pay $30 for a Master Chief skin? Come on! People people pay $15, $12 a month on whatever it is that they're chucking your way. And it's like, like, you want to pay $70 for an entire year of content in Destiny? No, thank you. Thank you! Thank you! It's all an interest. Like, I get get both of them. I get it, too. I understand it. I'm just making a point here. Yeah. It is frustrating. Wow. Well, but that's, yeah, and the thing is, is, you know, like, to play the game, you also don't have to buy anything to play the game. So, like, you know, there's also that. Whereas a lot of these games, you're having to buy it, plus you're having to buy expansions to play it. But what kind of kid is looking at this game and he's going, Mom, all my friends get to play as the Mandalorian or have the Baby Yoda pet or they get to play as Kratos and Batman and Captain America. You don't let me buy any skins. Like, 
But once I sense. once I get the skin, I have it, right? Like yeah. I, it's not like once yeah. the season ends, yeah. yeah. like yeah. oh, it's and, gone too. And again, Mandalorian, you get he's he's unlocked the second you buy the battle pass. You spend eight bucks. You you have a a hundred uh, V bucks left after you buy it, I believe. Mm-hmm. And and you yeah you unlock him instantly. Oh. And then like from there the like you unlock other a bunch of other characters throughout it. Man. And then there's other other like you can upgrade his armor like he does in the show. Like you you unlock stuff and then you can get the better uh, metal parts on his you know like his. His shoulder pads and and metal, things like metal that. Metal metal parts. You mean Beskar? Better, yeah, yeah. So you. <laughs> By the you, way, like that's you the uncultured stuff that you're swine. With. This this season of the Mandalorian you, you is very unlock, good. By the way, excellent. And then obviously, excellent. as your backpack, you unlock the the little baby Yoda and the floating thing that follows behind you while you're running around at all times. So. Sorry, sorry, everyone. I had to. I Dude, went down. This, down this, dark this path. is the most exciting thing on this show that just happened. We're talking about Fortnite, I guess. <laughs> We're now appealing to the younger audience, everybody. Hey, kids, come on, come on and get your 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 Fortnite V bucks. Follow, follow on. Uh, don't, don't bother following yeah. on Twitter. We're not going to give away V bucks. Uh, Mandalorian, though, man, what a show. Yeah. Great show. Best, Great show. Uh, it we're gonna ha- we're gonna have that Mandalorian spoiler cast after this season's over. It's gonna be a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh all right, so we're gonna get into some of the, this well, we have one question here. Uh one question from David Michelson. Uh if you wanna write in a question, you can email us at arsenalxpodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at arsenalxpodcast. We'd really like your questions. David Michelson writes and he says, now that Oscar Isaac has been cast in a Metal Gear movie, uh, The Witcher and The Last of Us have TV shows and Uncharted is getting a movie. What franchises, I think he means what Xbox franchises, do you think would fit in this medium and would they be on the big or small screen? Hmm. Hmm. Well, Halo's getting a Showtime show, apparently. Supposedly. Well, it's, it, it was a movie, then a show, and then that the really bad show that did come out... <clears throat> I, I mean, do we, other than The Witcher, which I would say, I would argue that it doesn't really count necessarily because it wasn't really based on the game. Yeah, wasn't it based on the books? Isn't it based it, on the It's book? much more based on the books, yes. I would say that, and this is someone that loves film. Like, I went, like, that's my mm-hmm. jam for the most part. Games don't translate into a movie. The game is the superior medium from almost every perspective. Like you get to embody that person or that character and make decisions and then picking a very linear path and choosing either to, you got two options. You either show a story that already exists that you've already played, or you create something else that doesn't exist. In which case you, you know, run the chance of, forming a new narrative that people aren't interested in, or you choose like a side topic. Mm-hmm. I, I I have yet to see where a video game to movie or show works. I hope Halo doesn't suck, but it's already sucked once. So I, I'm not, Castlevania. I don't have high hopes. Castlevania. I, I, I haven't watched Castlevania. It's uh, a cartoon it's, though. Yes. So it's, it's done. It's very anime and very anime-esque mm-hmm. and it adapts 
uh, right now it's adapting mainly the NES and Super Nintendo titles, yeah. which I think is a great approach. If you're going to approach something, make it to where it's not one of these like epic 20, 30 hour single player games we already have, like Uncharted or mm-hmm. like The Last of Us, I think is the one that I think is going to break the mold for live action. It's um, very likely. Because, because it's already been announced to be a 10 episode series. Neil Druckmann is writing it with Craig Mazin from Chernobyl. They're writing and executive producing it. It's on HBO. Like I have a lot of faith that that's probably going to be the one to break the mold for us. Because Monster Hunter ain't it, guys. The Witcher is based more on the novels. I get that a lot of, most of us, not all of us, associate The Witcher with the games, but it is actually a very good book series. You should go read those if you haven't. Um, The first season is based almost entirely on the original collection of short stories. So when I keep seeing news about something like Halo, I do not think Halo will succeed in this. I don't think it's going to be good. I, I think Halo has too big of a universe now at this point. Now, there are two Xbox properties I do think would work excellent as shows. Forza. And those are... God, I hate you. (laughs) Get out of here. Get out of here. Um, Gears of War and Fable. Now, bear with me here. I think you could easily, easily tell the story of the Gears games over a couple of eight-episode seasons. Each game takes up a season. You can do some side stories in between. You can expand upon the narrative in the games. Those are eight to ten hours, at the most, campaigns. That's. I think that would be a great one to adapt. Dave Bautista's begging to play Marcus. So let the man do it. As for Fable... I think Fable's the more intriguing one because you don't have to follow the games. You can very loosely associate them by putting people like Teresa and Jack of Blades in there. You don't have to actually follow those games, and I think that's the more exciting universe to play in. You can have a high fantasy series set with that. But, I mean, beyond, again, beyond, you know, the upcoming Last of Us, we hope that's going to be good. Castlevania is good, and... uh, Advent Children back in the day is phenomenal. That is a perfect example of how you can take a video game property and move forward in this medium. I don't know. I think Spirits Within was no, better. Fable. God, no, Fable. God! Get out! Get no, out. With, <laughs> with, Fable, with Fable, though, do you make it a BBC movie? Or a BBC uh, show? No, you give it like, to somebody with a huge budget. Like, would you do it like Amazon's doing Lord of the Rings like, or HBO did Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think you can go definitely go with a, a smaller budget than one of those, but you yeah. would have to give it a budget. Like it can't well, be something on the level of Doctor Who. It has to have an actual budget behind. Well, and and Netflix does a lot of uh, of foreign uh, TV shows and stuff as well. So like even someone like them could you know possibly. Like get a good budget and have like have it a British you know, a British uh, uh, cast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure they would because Playground and the former Lionhead devs are all based in the UK. Yeah. I'm sure well, they would have to. British humor is really what yeah. what made it what it you know what it was. And I I want to address real fast. Ron in the chat says he he would love to do something with Fallout now that it's a Microsoft property. That actually is being made into a series already with yeah. Amazon Studios. Oh God, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I actually I'll be completely frank with you. After seeing what they did with the boys, the Man in the High Castle, and God, yeah. fingers crossed for that Lord of the Rings adaptation. I'm 
not hating this move, especially since Bethesda is going to be directly involved with it. I don't hate it. I don't like it, but I don't hate it. Yeah, I'm. I that's the thing is I feel like I feel like Amazon is a, is a little underrated when it comes to shows. I I think the problem is is a lot of their shows they are done well, but it's it's a matter of if it appeals to you or not. Like it, like I do think they do amazing jobs on their, on on most of their shows, but they don't always appeal with everyone, or you know, or people just don't give them a shot because. You know, like, uh, let's be honest, like Netflix and, and Disney Plus and all that stuff is much more in the back of people's minds than than Amazon is when it comes to TV shows. But, I mean, Amazon does have a lot of great shows that I've the, watched over the, the years. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is an excellent TV show. Mrs. Maisel yeah. is great. Fleabag yeah. is great. Yeah, they, they have a lot of great they, shows. They have a it's lot. Just it's definitely... It, it's more of an adult audience, I feel, and mm-hmm. with Amazon, you don't usually see a lot of big budget projects, and I think that's why a lot of us were really surprised that The Boys was as good as it was. They do a lot of great really dramas good. and dramedies, but mm-hmm. they haven't really, they didn't have a big effects one. That's why when they originally got the Lord of the Rings property, I was like, oh god, this is going to be so bad. I, I'm not looking forward to this. And now, you know, as we get closer, I'm like, well. You know, I kind of thought the same thing about HBO back in the day, like, and, mm-hmm. you know, Thrones, in terms of its technicality, by the end, like, surpassed anything I thought possible on television. So, it's definitely possible to do it. It's all in who you bring on as your creative team, and how closely are you going to work with the mm-hmm. people who wrote it? Like, the writer of the uh, Boys miniseries is involved with the television series. George R. R. Martin wrote episodes of Thrones for television. Still haven't gotten the sixth book because he was helping out so much. Like, there, there are ways to do this. The original Witcher writer is helping out uh, advising Cavill and them on the production team for The Witcher. Like, Dr- like we just said, Druckmann is doing The Last of Us. I think when you try to adapt a video game, and this is why I'm hopeful for Metal Gear Solid, Hideo Kojima personally picked Jordan, uh, Jordan Roberts Vought or Vought Roberts, excuse me, to do this movie a couple of years ago. I don't know what he saw in Kong's Island that made him go, this is my guy. But he said, this is my guy. (laughs) And if somebody like Kojima, who we've seen has a very cinematic flair to how he does games and cutscenes, I have a lot of faith in this. Like, I think that that's how you're going to truly move this media forward. Not a crappy Ubisoft adaptation like Assassin's Creed where, oh, it's going to be this original story, but we're going to tie it into the game's timeline. And everything else like, no, you should have just adapted the Ezio arc. That's what you should have done. Think think about Metal Gear Solid, all right? And there's a lot, I agree, there's a lot of very cinematic stuff in there. Mm Mm-hmm. But let's get anyone, and I will say anyone, to edit that down to an hour and a half or two hours worth of watchable content. Yeah. Oh, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying I only have faith in that because yeah. Kojima is so involved himself. I don't yeah. think that it's a good idea. I truly think if you're going to adapt a a game into a watchable property, it needs to be taken to television and given an eight to series order. And yeah, that's yeah. how you do it, because that... Otherwise you that's, get the doom. Yeah, that's <laughs> doom eight I mean, that's that's also... You didn't have the creators involved in that. Like, John yeah. Carmack had nothing to do with that. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
you, you want if you can do eight to twelve hours, I think you can do a lot of these single player experiences. Maybe not these huge RPGs like Fallout or Skyrim or something, but you could adapt some of these games like Gears, See, Uncharted. I I I'm, I'm going to disagree. I think that when you have better world building. Mm-hmm. The likelihood of you creating a series to succeed is higher in a video game. So I don't think Uncharted is great because the game is already so cinematic and already tells this larger story. And again, like just cramming that into a movie or adapting it based on the stuff that you you fell in love with is not there. Skyrim would be, I don't want to say easy, but easier because it's so open-ended. You just put someone in the world of Skyrim and then you can have them interact and give snippets of like nods to things. If you do the Mandalorian approach to any video game, it'll be better. Meaning that you take a character that doesn't exist in that IP already, you put them in the world, you let them experience the world and give nods yeah. to all these things that the players have done or seen throughout the history without having to go too much into detail. Um, so that you also don't lose any additional viewers that may have not played the game or that part of the game. Right. Mm-hmm. I think, like, think about... Think about like a Halo without Master Chief in it. I think that part of the people would be disappointed that Master Chief isn't in it. However, it would be so much easier to tell a tale of another Spartan that you're not aware of, but then you can still have the, you know, things from that universe in there. It talks about Master Chief, but not directly in it. I understand why the the need to put someone in that is, is there, but I don't think that's the right choice. I think it is... The world Fallout is a great example of one that would do well because the world is so strong. You can do anything in it and it's going to yeah. feel like Fallout. Right. But that's, I mean, that's and me. with Fallout, you can easily take it to a different region. Like, for example, throwing this out there, like we've never explored mm-hmm. Texas, for example. You can go like the ruins of Austin or San Antonio or something you, you could do and completely just like very loosely connected. I mean, the games are loosely connected as Correct. it is. Correct. Like you, you could do something like that. And I, I definitely agree with you there. I think that that is a good approach. I think it's got to be that. And I think it's got to be approach i don't think two hours is enough to establish something based on an existing property and i think that's like part of the magic of why we like rogue one so much with star wars is it was a brand new cast of characters Mm -hmm. that were tethered to the original trilogy but you pretty much knew their fate going into this it still Mm -hmm. managed to tell a unique story it told about something that was a almost a throwaway line Mm-hmm. in the original yeah. movies but is so core to the original film itself and i think if you do something like that like i if i go to watch a last of a series though here's the catch 22 of that i go to watch a last of a series i don't want to watch a story about another survivor in that universe i want to watch joel and ellie's and, and now abby's saga play out i don't want to watch other characters i don't i don't care about other people in that universe frankly like sure. uncharted i want to watch Break story. Halo, on the other hand, Gears, those are fleshed out universes already in other Correct. mediums. I would love to see other squad members. Give me a show about Clayton Carmine. Come on. Give me a mm-hmm. show about Clayton and Lizzie. I'll watch that. I think but, everyone would watch a show just about Buck. Uh, listen, if you can get Nathan Fillion to don that armor in real life, I will do unspeakable acts to watch that on television. Name your name your price. <laughs> no, Josh, name your price, Phil. Name your price. X. All right. Yep. <laughs> yep. You heard it here first. 
Check That's the tape. The name of the episode on Unspeakable X. <laughs> oh man, I like. I don't know. I would. I guess I would just rather play my games. I don't need yep. to watch them honestly, but sure. like something like Halo. I guess like Josh said, I would like to see something happen in the in the universe besides Master Chief. As much as I like Master Chief, like I think doing something with the ODSTs would be way more interesting, or mm-hmm. like another Spartan team, or something. I can give. Let me see what Blue Team was doing between uh, the events of First Strike and Halo 5. Yeah. You know? Come <laughs> yeah. on. Were they just fighting Red Team and Blood Gulch? Were they just fighting Red Team and Blood Gulch? Like, I'd love something like that, but I definitely agree with Corey, though. At the end of the day, I'd rather play these stories. Yep. And, I, and I think the reason why I say that is video games, like, when we talk about art, are still such a they're, – they're, a, they're a, such a baby art form. And we haven't quite hit that moment where an adaptation has made us go, wow, this can actually work. Uncharted ain't going to be it, folks. Mm-hmm. Okay? Like we said, like if anything happens, it'll be the last of us. And I, I, I want some, something to succeed, even if I'm not interested in it, because I want to see this move forward. Like we adapt so many novels into award-winning films. We, we've adapted... Uh, albums into award-winning Broadway musicals and subsequently then into feature films. Like I I would love to see something like that happen for video games, but if it takes us, you know, 10, 15, 20 years to get there, we're still so relatively new and it's in this art form's life that that's still an accomplishment. The fact that we're even still trying after the spirits within is an accomplishment. Oh, come on. I watched blood rain. Like, uh, dude, the fact that you, you a bold, did not completely ruin this for us for all time <laughs> is an accomplishment. We survived Peter Jackson leaving Halo. We survived Weta not working on Gears. We survived Gore Fravinsky passing on Bioshock. Ultimately, like, we'll get through it. We almost had to endure that bastardization of Sonic before they thank God fixed his character model. But Sonic is watchable. Sonic is yeah, a step. I like right watch. I like. It's not great. Okay, there's a reason why I bought it for six bucks. It's not great. The last but it is watchable. 15, 20 seconds of smile. that with Jim Carrey is worth watching the whole movie. It made me smile. Like seeing, getting, getting that post-credit scene. Just, I had the biggest grin on my face. But yeah, it's like. We, you have to have these things that even if they just take a step or two forward, they may not run the whole hundred meter dash for you. Like Sonic is literally going to hand the baton to something that will finish that race, though, eventually. Yeah. Like we started all the way back here with, you know, Advent Children. And we're like, oh, my God, this is great compared to the game. This looks amazing. And now look at where we are. Like now we're actually starting to adapt stories. And that's. We're taking those steps forward, like learning what works and what doesn't. Don't let UA Bold near them. Probably not a great idea to let Paul Anderson near them anymore. We got seven horrible Resident Evils to show for it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, lo- I loved Parasite even. It's uh, it's corny Japanese horror like kind of stuff that it did. Did you guys ever see the Parasite Eve movie? No. I didn't no. even know there was one. Yeah. Yeah, there. Yeah, but again, that 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 game is based on books, but the the movie is based on books as well. But 
but yeah, they, I liked it, but it, it is definitely cheesy and corny and all those kind of fun stuff that come with Japanese horror movies and stuff like that. But, yeah. <sighs> Oh, the, well, the one thing I was going to ask, what do you guys think of? What would you guys think of? Like, uh, like what if they did like a sunset overdrive movie? <laughs> Just have it like over the top. I feel like, like that would have a... something similar to like Crank. No, I feel like it would have some <laughs> sort of weird filter on it, like Sin City or yeah. something to that. Yeah, effect. it definitely would. I think have to be an animated movie. I don't think it would I have mean, to be animated. Listen, I just feel like that it would was be a like... game that was tailor made for me, so I would absolutely watch it. What yeah. I'd really like to see, like my my last word on all this, a studio that I think whose games would be absolutely perfect to adapt is Remedy. And I I know we had the horrible Max Payne one a couple years ago. We're going to ignore Max Payne. I'm talking you adapt the the Alan Wakeverse into film. Mm -hmm. So give me a 10-episode HBO series with Alan Wake. Yeah, I love the show. Give me like a a Defenders-style Netflix. Like a Netflix, like the way they did the Defenders, where like each show would have their Mm -hmm. own series, but then they come together and after they figure out what all this is. Yeah, I loved the Quantum Break TV show. Stan like has to play everybody. (laughs) Oh man, he has to play himself in He has to play himself in Alan Wake. Oh jeez. All right. Well, uh, before we get out of here, has anybody been playing anything interesting besides Destiny, like most of us have? And call I've just been. I've just been continuing uh, Shadow of Tomb Raider, trying to finish that. Also, um, Austin did say that he wanted us to personally let Phil Spencer know that uh, that he needs to bring Viva Pinata back. I mean, I think we all. It's <laughs> not too Phil. Viva Pinata free to play game should yeah, be easy. Yep. yep. Um, I've been playing MCC, and that's. I mean, that and Destiny. So. Yeah. Nothing interesting. Yeah. Josh, Gears you... five, baby. Gears five. What how did you feel about Gears Five? Did you beat uh, it, right? The uh, twist? Yes, how uh, did you feel about the, the twist at the end where you had to make the choice? No spoilers. I, I was very ups- I was very upset. Um I also did not realize that it would result in um permadeath. So I was very upset. I assumed it would be like, oh, do this action and then you then uh, you know <laughs> Squad will be reunited. Well, that didn't happen. So I saved the wrong person. And I have to go back and replay that chapter now because I'm very upset with myself. Mm-hmm. Who's the wrong one? No, no spoilers. People are just now playing it with their series X's and S's. Uh, <laughs> I, it was easy for me. Yeah, I mean, I. All, all I'm going to say is I did not realize it would be a permanent death. So I tried to approach it from my tactical standpoint based on. Yeah. Uh, how the AI had helped me out in the campaign. So, uh, yeah, I was very upset with my choice, though, ultimately. I think it's this is an example of how Gears needs to move forward, though. Uh, I was telling our friend Ray this, that this is, to me, this and Gears 4 is how you properly take a series into the next generation and you leave the baggage of the original, like, 
incredible trilogy behind like you honor what they what that laid those characters still have a role to play in this story but they're no longer the focus of it shifting the focus away from jd to kate in this game is the best decision the coalition could have possibly made yeah kate is infinitely more likable protagonist she Mm -hmm. i'm she's the only character i'm invested with in this universe outside of marcus from one through three and i think even marcus Mm -hmm. has gotten better in these games i think Mm -hmm. like i actually yeah kratos style i actually care about him now mm-hmm. and yeah. that influences how i enjoy and interpret tomatoes in the game. yeah you care about his the tomatoes open, <laughs> the open world the open world nature of acts two and three is something you don't see very often in a first person shooter and I mean, that's the snap he has this is a third person shooter but it's something you don't see in games like that and it was so needed mm-hmm. but the desert blows yeah it's it does. terrible the lightning that is desert? the worst part of the game yes it's yeah. the worst part of the game and yet <laughs> yeah. somehow the boss fights in this game the matriarch and uh i'm just gonna call i don't know what it's called i'm gonna call it the kraken uh against those two things <laughs> are just incredible set pieces incredible moments you know mm-hmm. when you when you're in the lab and you're you're, you're hunting slash being stalked by the matriarch is so cool yeah uh, uh the side mission nature i would love to see them expand upon this even more in gear six and i will because if they take anything away from this game i think that's that was awesome the jack system is great i found myself scourging for all of the parts i wanted to upgrade them all the way i'm gonna go play new game plus just so i can carry over all my upgrades and go hunt for the rest of the components Mm -hmm. i made i made my own version of the cover of that game and i made jack be the the main big character on the front of the page and everyone else smaller because in my opinion he's the real hero and he's the game. most important like asset in that game yeah yeah I if they like. didn't have him there's literally wouldn't have made it even like 15 minutes into the game <laughs> i'm just like it's he... great it was a great way to change up the gameplay loop yeah yeah, yeah. It was. It's, it, it's definitely one of my favorite games of of last year. It's, I feel far. like. I feel like it's. Yeah. It's. I mean, I, I wrote this in my review when I wrote it, but I was like, this is the first step in approaching Sony's, you know, prolific profile of of story driven games. It's a long way off, but it definitely. Mm-hmm. This was this what this felt like a game that that aimed their guns at that. And I really, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed mm-hmm. um, Gears Five a lot. So, mm-hmm. uh, but as for me, I've been playing a lot of Destiny, and I've been—I'm uh, about three hours into Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I wasn't sure how I was liking it at first, and then like I got to a point where it started clicking for me, and now I kind of don't want to put it down. Yeah, I heard it takes like about three hours until it really, really starts. Well, it's not just opening that opening up quite a bit. It's not just that. It was the uh, it was the part where like I was still playing Odyssey when the Series X came out, and it yeah. still feels different. The map feels different. The upgrade yeah. paths, everything just it's a different style of open world game, honestly. And it, yeah. it took me it took my brain a lot of time to make that transition because Odyssey is so good but it's also so big and there's also 9,000 question marks all over the map. And if, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, Valhalla feels like 
the things I liked about Origins and the things I liked about Odyssey and the stuff I liked about Black Flag, and they kind of just mm-hmm. put them all into one game and took out the crappy parts, I would say. Um, yeah, see, point. for me, so. for me, like Odyssey, what really set Odyssey apart from all the other games, because like I, you know, I've played a bunch of them and just never really got pulled in. Um, but there were parts of it I liked, but like Odyssey for me, like the the fighting mechanics and all that kind of stuff were were much more um, interesting and and. I don't know. I just I just enjoyed the way you play that game over a lot of the other ones cuz I I don't I liked that you didn't really have to do the whole stealth thing unless you absolutely want to. I don't know. I think it's just the fighting styles though too. Like, you know, each 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 time period's going to have their kind of you know, style of of fighting and I think that the Odyssey the the more the more, you know, uh, vicious like you know like almost dark souls kind of like fighting versus the you know some of the other ones has been is just appeals to me a little bit more and the same with the vikings it's kind of the same kind of style of of fighting uh, you know where it's it's just ruthless and you know not quite as uh i don't know stealthy i guess yeah also in Valhalla, I like the wielding the two handed and like the two act like the two hand axes. Like I just start nice. with like they they want you to use like a <laughs> like a giant axe and a and a shield, and I'm like no, I'm using these two tiny axes and just like I don't know cutting people up. Yeah. With them. So, uh, but that's that's it. Uh, anybody want to hit on anything else before we get out of here? Uh, I'm I think no, we, I'm just really excited to see what this Gears DLC is going to be. The high campaign stuff. DLC. Yeah. yeah, because, I mean, they said early December, we'd know more. My friends, it is it is early December. <laughs> I expect that this week, I mean, maybe that's their Game Awards announcement. Like, oh, it's available now. Maybe, Which I would, mean. Again, may- this is so stupid. Why are you trying to put things out when Cyberpunk is coming out? Yeah, well, I mean, like, I think DLC for a game that's been out is better than putting out, like, it's better than putting out Gear 6 the same week as Cyberpunk, let's be honest. Um, it, it is. But still, like your first real campaign DLC, like come on, yeah. yeah. I, I don't. I I have about that. As someone who just finished Gears Five, I'd really like for them to like stealth drop this DLC like Monday night, so I could just blow through it real quick, and then well, what if, what if, I get to lead it off the Xbox? <laughs> well, what if what if tomorrow they they are doing like. Because you said they they said they were going to have more news about Halo tomorrow as well. No, that's my personal speculation. They said we would get news about Halo before Christmas. Oh, okay. It's, it's I thought, I thought you said that. Like when they, okay. The little video that was airing, suppose the tagline says, uh, "All will be revealed tomorrow" or something. Okay. Well, lines. well, let's say it, let's say it does, and they have like a mini like uh, a show where they just talk about like a few things, and and they say like that it's available today. Like, I mean, like that could be like the end of the show. They say you know that the Gears Five stuff is available today. Like, I could see something like that happening, but you know, get it out sooner than later. People can finish it here before Cyberpunk comes out. We'll see. We will see. But I think this is going to wrap the show, guys. This has been Arsenal X. Remember to 
Like, subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you consume this show. You can find us on BossRushGames.com. Uh, if you can't join us live, remember you can find the show on Tuesday mornings on your podcast service of choice. If you are listening on podcast services and you want to join us live, it's Sunday nights right here on Boss Rush Games Live. Uh, Josh, where can we find you? As always, on Tower Casuals every Thursday night and uploaded on Fridays. And on Twitter and Twitch at, at Josh underscore Finn with two N's. This week, we're playing Call of the Sea, Destiny 2 in 4K 60 frames. And after that, it's all cyberpunk all the time, baby. Mm. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's a sweet little dish. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, where can we find you? This is a full five-course meal, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Joe, where can we find you? Well, it's easy to check the show notes. It's Colonel Panic, K3RNL Panic. I uh, on Twitter is probably the best way. I am going to start streaming again starting this week. Uh, me and a buddy are going to play through the Halo campaign. I think starting with Combat Evolved, Ooh. and then I'll get sidetracked with Cyberpunk until I don't know however long that takes. Probably a while. Then Halo will come out. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Jesse, where can we find you? You can find me almost everywhere as Phantom NXS. And you can find me at I am Corian HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me at Corian HD on Twitch. You can find me here on a plethora of things, including uh, next week's uh, Boss Rush podcast and Power Casuals with Josh Finney. And uh, anything else I decide to do during the week when I'm you know, not busy. So thank you guys so much for watching. And until next time, we love you.